Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. He just takes us right up to heaven itself. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're so, so grateful for Mrs. Dingman. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of First, First John, the Epistle of John. And I believe that we'll uh, finish up here today. The First Epistle of John, but we're also going to look at a couple of other uh, passages. And considering the information that uh, we learned in, in Sunday school and how that uh, the Lord has has used us to make uh, to make an impact a positive impact in the lives of people uh, over in uh, in Kenya it's quite uh, quite overwhelming and we uh, got to see little boys and girls and, and adults women who received food and uh, a means whereby to make a living. And when you consider that you're living here in, in Sun City, Aliante, you probably never thought well that you'd be making an impact around the world in Kenya, in the continent of, of Africa, in a little remote village where the Maasai live. And so uh, we thank the Lord. God is, uh, God is wonderful so wonderful beyond what we can can describe but here in the first epistle of john we've been studying about what it means to be a child of god and the difference between those who who know the lord and those who do not know the lord and our desire is that all people should come to know the lord as savior and yet being god's children there is a standard by which we should live. We're not to be given over to sin. We recognize that we are all sinners. We acknowledge that we are all in need of the Savior, and thank the Lord we've come to know him 
as Lord and Savior, but for anyone who's here today who doesn't know the Lord as their Savior, we pray that today will be the day that you'll come to know Jesus as Savior. Those who are here physically and those listening by internet or the podcast, our Lord is the Lord of hope. Our Lord is the Lord of restoration. Our Lord is the Lord who brings meaning to life and gives purpose to life. He is the God of hope, and he's referred to as our blessed hope. And as we saw those pictures this morning, these people there in Kenya now have a new hope. And the question that, that they asked, well, why would someone like you come from all the way on the other side of the world? Amen? And the answer, of course, because God loves you. God loves you. And that's the message. The greatest missionary in all the world, in all of life, is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He left the splendor of heaven to come to a world to live as a human being, to experience all that we experience, and then to give his life, a sacrificial life and death there upon the cross, that we might know life in all of its abundance, in all of its glory. And the day is coming when, as was shared during that little video, when every people of every tribe and tongue across the face of the globe. From the beginning of time, those who have given their hearts and their lives to the Lord, all together we will rejoice and we will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we will know life in all of its abundance. That is what we have to look forward to. Ah, but while we live here, life is filled with all kinds of challenges, isn't it? Challenges and struggle, pain and, and misery. And yes, from time to time, we ourselves, we fail. And yet, we live with the blessed hope, the Lord Jesus Christ, in our lives. Now, the first, the first point, and we looked at that a few weeks ago, was that God the Father testifies to the truth of his Son, to the reality of his Son. Jesus is his, his Son. And we looked at various passages. When Jesus was baptized, the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then at the Transfiguration, on the Mount of Transfiguration, you'll recall that once again the Father spoke, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Heed his message. Obey his word. And God the Holy Spirit testifies through believers. We proclaim, we share God's love in the message. The unbeliever accuses God of lying. And that shouldn't surprise us because... The devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. 
And his desire is to destroy. But the second point, God has given us eternal life. And this life is found only in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the believer has life and, and eternal life. And we've shared many times that there is physical life. Ah, but the physical life is very different from spiritual eternal life. And those words, bios, for the physical life, zoe, when referring to eternal life. Only the believer has eternal life. The unbeliever does not have eternal life. And yet, God wants all people to know him and to know the life that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It brings us to the third point here. We'll begin reading here in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your compassion, for your goodness. O oh Lord, as we study your holy word today, we pray that you will speak to our hearts, our individual hearts, and to our church as a body of believers, and reveal to us how we are to further serve you, not only here, but around the globe. Bless our time together to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, giving thanks. Amen. So the Apostle John says, These things have I written. Notice, to those who believe. And I, I want you to turn in, in your Bibles, again, to the Gospel of John. And as I've mentioned before, with all the commentaries that are out there and all of the books that discuss the Bible, the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. Amen? John, the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. 30 and 31. So the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now notice. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you have life, may have life in his name. 
Now the Apostle Peter also adds that they didn't, they didn't follow made-up stories or cunning fables, but that they were eyewitnesses of the life and the events that are a part of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they wrote about these things because God wants his people to know. And we shared last week that word to know. Very similar to our, our word to edit, that is to clearly understand, to clearly communicate, to be aware, to behold, to perceive, to see, to be sure, to be confident of that we have eternal life, that we are forgiven. So many people go through life hopeless. You've probably heard this, this saying, oh, if I, if I went down there to the church, the roof would cave in. Or if you knew, if you knew what I had done in my life, well, you'd agree. There's no hope for me. That's just not true. That is a lie of the devil that he uses to confuse people to discourage people and to dissuade people from giving their heart or even entertaining the idea that God cares about them or loves them. God wants us to know, he wants every human being to know that he cares, that he loves, that he seeks to restore, to forgive, to restore, and to fill that life with purpose and meaning to give hope we have eternal life now notice it says in the name of the son of god in the name what does it mean to believe in the name of the son of god that is to believe in his person to believe in his nature in his word his promises his being his position and his power, his will, his love, and his willingness to forgive. That's what it means to believe in his name. His willingness to restore. His willingness to fill one's life with hope and purpose. What is the purpose of your life? Do you know? Sadly, so many people go through life without realizing their purpose for living. The main purpose for each one of us is to bring honor and glory to God. It is such a tremendous privilege to be called a child of God. You might be a carpenter, and in the skill of being a carpenter, you bring glory and honor to God. Or an electrician. <laughs> or a salesman. Or a secretary. Or a nurse. Or a doctor. Or an architect. Whatever the case might be, you bring honor and glory to God through your life. Now, let's turn to the next point then. Our confidence is in God. Confidence means boldness, assurance, 
security, guarantee. Now I'd like to turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And then be prepared because we're going to turn to Psalm 32 as well. Psalm 1. Because there are so many Christians who go through life wondering whether or not they've lost their salvation because they committed some certain sin. And there are Christians who, who actually believe that, that they can lose their salvation. Now, that is wrong. It's erroneous. You can't unsave yourself once you're saved. You don't have the power to save yourself <laughs> to begin with. All right? So stop for a moment and think that one through. You don't have the power to save yourself. Only God can save a, an individual life. And a person is saved by faith through God's grace. Jesus paid the price upon the cross. He arose from the dead on the third day. He ascended back to the Father on the 40th day. And he is coming back again one day in the future. But you have no power to save yourself. But you do have the choice to accept Christ or to reject Christ. But once you accept Christ as your Savior, he's your Savior forever. And you don't have the power to unsave yourself, but you can get yourself into an awful lot of trouble, can't you? Even as a saved individual. Now what do we know about David? David is the primary writer in the book of Psalms. What do we know about David? David got himself into a, some terrible sin. And yet, what is the epitaph? A man after God's own heart. Not the sinful side of David, but the humble side of David. You see, the truthful side of David. And notice, we read here in Psalm 1, blessed is the man, and we can add the woman, because the, the idea here is man or mankind or humanity to be all inclusive the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Notice, it says the ungodly, those who do not believe, those who do not accept, not those who believe. Those who believe are saved. Those who refuse to believe 
are lost. But yet, while they still live, there is hope that they will come to know the Lord as their Savior. But how will they hear unless we are willing to share the message of God's love? And how, then, is a Christian going to share the message of God's love if every other day they're doubting whether or not they're forgiven and acceptable to God? So turn to Psalm 42, or excuse me, 32, Psalm 32. And we refer to the passage over in 1 John, the doctrine, it's called the doctrine of the security of the believer, or the assurance of the believer. Now, all through the epistle of John, the first epistle of John, he makes it clear that Christians should not be given over to a life of sinfulness, yet we know that we're all sinners. And he goes on to say, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who gave his life as a substitute for us, paying the penalty for our sin. And, and he makes intercession for us. But he wants us to know that we are forgiven. Now notice Psalm 32, the joy of forgiveness. Begin reading at verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. That word blessed means content, happy, joyful, fulfilled. And we find that fulfillment in Christ. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. It's like hiding something so that no one else can see. Christ has taken our sin and in its place he's given us his righteousness. The prodigal son came running home and, and the father the father ran to his son and he called for the servants to put a robe on him. Yes. To restore him. Notice, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. He doesn't, he doesn't reckon to us. But instead, he has removed from us the stain of that sin. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, ah, here's a lesson. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. When we refuse to acknowledge our sin, or when we choose to live a life of sin instead of a life that brings honor and glory to God, we are participating in the devil's program and we bring sadness we bring tragedy, we bring consequence for that sin, not only into our own lives, but into the lives of those closest to us. And oftentimes, that same sin results in consequence for innocent bystanders, if you will. 
But within us, there's this, this turmoil. David cries out, but then he says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Now notice, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Our God is the God of forgiveness. Our God is the God of forgiveness, of healing, of making us whole. We get to start over every day, every hour, every moment. Yesterday, yesterday I had opportunity to go play golf with Lynn and a couple other uh, gentlemen. And we were out here on the Aliante Golf Course. And uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah is the father. Remember the young man who came and played the guitar for us, right? Miss um, Miss Carol's nephew. So, you know, I hadn't played golf in a long time, so I wasn't necessarily hitting them straight. <laughs> so I, I would take a swing, I'd hit the ball, you know, it'd go off to the left. Well, it would hit a tree, and then come back and land in the middle of the, <laughs> the fairway. And they said, "No fair! Somebody's helping you." <laughs> God, God is on our side. Amen. God is on our side. God is on your side. God loves us. He cares for us. And when you're discouraged, God sees you in that discouragement. When you, when you fail and you said something or done something that you know is displeasing to God. God hurts for you. And God wants to heal you. This idea that, you know, that God is like this old man, this, this angry old man sitting up there in heaven and every time you mess up, he wants to, you know, pounce on you or, or slap you around. That is untrue. That is not God's nature. And it's not God's nature to keep us from having fun. There are people who say, well, you know, those people down at church, they don't know what having fun is all about. We had lots of fun yesterday, didn't we? God wants his people to be filled with joy. Real joy. Lasting joy, eternal joy. But we have to follow David's example and acknowledge when we've messed up. Now notice what he goes on to say, verse 6 in this psalm. For this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Songs of deliverance. And the Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with mine eye. Stop for a moment and consider that God 
seeks to guide us, to help us on our way, to protect us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to love us. He continues to love on us. You know, when you have your own children or grandchildren, how, how wonderful it is to be able to, to hug them. Especially when they're, they're, when they're tiny, right? And you squeeze and just squeeze. You, you know what that's like, right? And think about God and his love and how he embraces us. Amen? Our God is a loving Father who cares for us. And he goes on, he says, don't be like the horse or the mule. Don't be like a horse or a mule, wild, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and a bridle, or else you're not able to come near to them because for fear that you might get hurt, right? They're kicking and jumping. and you. But many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, notice, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's go back to 1 John. We'll bring this to a close. Notice what he says here. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, there are a lot of people who like to say, well, you can ask anything of the Lord as long as you pray in the name of Jesus. That is not correct. That is not what that means. We just mentioned a moment ago, what does it mean to believe or to pray in the name of Jesus? It is to agree with his person, with his being, with his will, with his holy word. Now, if it is God's will for you to have a Rolls Royce, then you'll have one. But if it's his will for you to drive around in a Ford Pinto, that's what you're going to be stuck with. Okay? Now, he gives everybody a voice, but he doesn't give everyone a voice like Pavarotti. You, you follow? But he, we all have voices. But there are some people who are unable to speak. Isn't that right? We, have, we all have eyes to see, but some of us have to wear glasses. We all have the ears, but not all people hear. God's will says we can ask for anything according to his will. Believing and receiving. Now, what does this mean? That means to accept and to agree with God. You follow? To accept and to agree with God. That is to agree with his word, his truth, and with his promise. And what is the promise we just read about? God promises that he will forgive us and accept us, clean us up and restore us, and give us hope and give us a life with purpose and meaning. What's the context? of this passage here. It has to do with the Christian life. Not becoming millionaires, but if that's his will for you, 
Then you will be. But if it's his will for you to go through life and to glorify him by not having much, then you won't have much of this world's material good. See, that's not a popular message. That doesn't make money for the, you know, the preachers on TV. And there are some very good preachers on TV. But so many of them are charlatans. But God will deal with them. But we, we, God's children, have this tremendous privilege to be a part of a worldwide missionary endeavor, to bring the gospel of love, the gospel of joy, the gospel of forgiveness, of restoration, and hope. That's the context of this passage. So, we ask God, Reveal to us, show us, show us what you would have us to do. And Brother Jerry can, can, can testify to this. Several years ago, we were, we were trying to do our best to, to build a building, to have a building built. And, and um, we, we thought that we had a, a benefactor, and uh, lo and behold, that didn't turn out. But what what took place was that the Lord laid on his heart and on my heart. We met at a, at a, at a meeting where our deacons we were sitting out here on the, on the porch. And we thought about, well, maybe we could build a church in another country. And it was, it was quite amazing because we had to talk to each other. And lo and behold, we entered into, into a partnership with the Samaritan's Purse and over the course of three years, our church was able to provide the funds. The church was built in Bolivia. And uh, we received um, that information uh, a few months ago. And we, we, saw the, uh, we saw the building and the people meeting in the building. And then, as time went on, the Lord laid it upon our hearts to provide funds to, to the community in Kenya. So we need to pray and ask God what he would have us to do Next. Amen? Amen. So be in prayer about that. You are instrumental in the kingdom of God. You matter. You matter in the kingdom of God. And so we're going to stand. We're going to sing. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, you know, I... I I don't know if I'll go to heaven when I die. You need to know. God wants you to know. K-N-O-W. The only way that you can know is by giving your heart to the Lord. Or maybe you, you're not a member of a church anywhere. You can come forward and you can join this church and you can serve the Lord here. However the Lord lays it upon your heart. You come. You respond to him. Let's see. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.